The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> it's a rarity. Is this, a, that, this is Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Nicole. <laughs> we have been catching up with our friend because it's been a little while. She's been on the show before. We're super excited to have her back because the first go around, we didn't get into a whole lot of the dating disaster, juicy detail stories, but she's let us know that she has plenty. So we were like, all right, when are you coming back? We finally figured she out. Finally made it. Huh? What'd you say? That she finally made it. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it was more, probably our schedule but anyway um <laughs> we will now welcome um author of the the amazing book that we both listened to the audiobook of believe it and behave it and the contributing writer of universal hip-hop museum did i get all that right i hope so so thank you kate harvey for being here oh. thank you nicole thank you sarah <laughs> So let's just, I mean, let's just cop to the fact that um, y'all are harder to book than Uber when you really, really, really want Uber when it's not surge pricing. So let's just acknowledge that. Okay. That's for the audience to know. Okay. It is more, it is easier to find size six when you are fat than it is to book on the Homance Chronicles. So that's the truth. <laughs> well, Thank you. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not overstating. No, 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 probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about, about either thing. About either thing. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll own it. It's um, It's been interesting, actually, through quarantine, because our podcasting schedule got super booked up. But then obviously, like my dating schedule completely, you know, depleted. <laughs> there wasn't a schedule for that. Um, you have one? Not that match.com would would indicate the same. Because right. if I see one more commercial where people like who are too perfect in their appearance, because I'm not sure there's Photoshop available on television, but maybe there is. And I mean, people showing, you know, pictures of themselves, you know, holding their cats or their bookcases, or this is the view from my window. That's really fun. And I guess that's what people can do in dating right now at the same time, as a lot of places are now opening up and people have people's COVID fatigue, people's COVID fatigue has become, I'm finished with following what the CDC says, to have walked past a bunch of restaurants on Sunday morning and seeing them really crowded and seeing people waiting like it was oh, you know, yeah. Black Friday in front of Nike or Target. <laughs> I was, abs- I was, I just kept walking because yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'll say this, I'm going to cover my face as much as my skin doesn't love it until I am told by a viable source, you're fine not to. And that yeah. means after I'm vaccinated, because that'll happen eventually, but I don't. I, could, I couldn't. I'll say, speaking for me, I'm not sure how much I could kind of mellow into the whole. I'm cute, and I want to really hear what you're saying. And is there a vibe between us? When I know that people are being 
diagnosed and dying every single day around the world um, from a thing that is transmutable or transferable by how we breathe and me personally. I mean, all props to people that are going to bars and slamming it and doing that. That's awesome. I don't know how they do it. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, the other thing about dating during this time is you have to really think about, yeah, who am I going to let in my bubble, you know? Right. And (laughs) I, I have been venturing out to restaurants. However, the ones that I've gone to, they've required a reservation. They've been pretty on top of things. I'm not standing waiting in a vestibule or down the street. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) And and, and the thing is, the the place where people are waiting, food's not that good. No. And so, I mean, I get that we're all kind of sick of, we all know, who doesn't, have you ever known your home better? I mean, like where not to step because the the floor is creaky. And when you hear a certain sound, you know, it's the faucet dripping or where, which has, which always has your preferred toilet paper, which, which, you know, local store. That's wonderful. That's so useful CIA stuff. We're grateful to have it. Same time. I would not opt for something different that sucked only because it's different. I mean, this is why there are drugs is why people, you know, can do these things and escape to, you know, some other thought process or place. I don't know. (laughs) Speaking only for me. Yes. Well, um, as I've been trying to uh, safely enter back into the dating world and determine who I'm going to let in my bubble, I had a, a situation recently, which, you know, we've been talking a little bit more in some of our episodes about like self-help and trauma. And hence, that's why we had you on the first time, because your book really helps with getting through hardship and moving past, you know, the trauma and how to live with it. And, um, and so... I am, I think, just a lot more alert and aware. And then, obviously, the situation that's going on, just in general, is is making people more compassionate. At least I hope. I like to think that. So I'm on a date with a guy. We're out to dinner. It is a very safe establishment. Everybody's, you know, separated and whatnot. Um, So it really was just him and I in our little tiny booth with nobody else around. And... I was picking up on his like anxious energy so bad that I was like, I don't know if I can actually enjoy myself because it was so distracting. And then he's telling me this story about how he had, he basically had a heartburn or, you know, serious acid reflux, but thought he was having a heart attack because all men are dumb and they do, they think that that happens all the time. Like, I'd love to know the stats for how many men go to urgent care or the emergency room thinking they have a heart attack and they just need Tums. So this guy <laughs> just clearly hit a fucking button with that one. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> GlaxoSmithKline's about to go a sponsor of your show. Two seconds. <laughs> fucking Tums. Figure it out. Well, so this guy is telling me a story about how he thought he was having a heart attack or whatever. And so he went to like you know, the ER and they find nothing wrong with him, blah, 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 sent him home. And so then he not only does it once, he does it twice. 
So then he's with his mom and it happens again. And he's like, you have to take me to the emergency room. And his mom was like, no, we're going to like the pharmacy to get you Pepto. <laughs> You're like, it's not, it's not a heart attack. And he forced his mother to take him to the ER. She dropped him off at like the closed entrance or whatever. So then he had to like run across the ER to the other entrance. And they're like, bro, you're, you can't run across a hospital if you're having a heart attack. <laughs> oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> and so this was just one story that I've made a very, very, you know, concise where, and so I responded to him with, you have a very quick panic button. He knew it was a date, right? I mean, it was a time for you to get to know him in a way that would not make you want to, I don't know, like have the, you know, the best, I don't know, I don't know, um, therapist that prescribes on your phone contact list. <laughs> So then, oh, so then he tells, so I say, you have a quick panic button. Yeah. And then he tells me that eventually the ER doctor told him that he needs something for his anxiety, that it's like, he's having like basically panic attacks because he thinks there's something seriously wrong. And so he has a prescription that he's not taking. How hard was it, Nicole, for you not to say ding, 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 when he said that the doctor told him he had, he needed anxiety? Oh. how hard was that i mean you can't with a straight face how could you hear him to, mm. and so just, does he, he, he doesn't think in his pills <laughs> just doesn't take them he yeah. doesn't think that the anti-anxiety or the the anxiety helping meds would help him um he doesn't like to take pills Sam. <laughs> But he told me, by the guy that thought that his heartburn was a heart attack. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. So he he's only occasionally, you know, taking his omeprazole to keep his acid reflux in check. And then <laughs> aggressive medication for acid. What is he looking for a girlfriend or a pharmaceutical rep? Like what on earth? I don't know. And so and then he said that. He takes the anxiety medication kind of like as needed or whatever. I'm like, that's not how it works. Like you're not, a, unless it's like Klonopin or something. I'm like, I don't, it's supposed to like build up over time and help like mellow you out. Like, it's not like you take a Prozac and then boom, you, it, you're better. Like it. <laughs> just, uh... Wait, I don't, I, I mean, not that I, not that I want you to reveal, of course, who this person is, because that's not right. And it's no one's business, but for work, what does he do? Oh, he actually works in banking. <laughs> but not on, but not on the trading floor. In a low, no, he's in a not low actually, state. like he works at like a, a big corporate headquarters. Mm. In a low stress job. Um, I'm not sure, but he used to be in the army or one division of the military. Was he in active duty? Uh, no, I don't think so. But so, so after all of this, then I start noticing that like if I'm telling a story or if I'm saying something that he follows it up to me with, oh, okay. Like that's his response to me before he like starts saying more sentences, right? 
And I'm picking up on this and I'm like, maybe it's just like a nervous tick or something, you know? But then when he texted me to see if I wanted to go out again, I was like, I don't really think I felt that strong of a connection. Like it was nice to meet you or whatever. His response to me via text was, oh, okay. So it's a shame. It's a shame that the doctor that wants to prescribed him the anxiety meds didn't send him up to ear, nose and throat to have his ears cleaned out because brother doesn't listen. I mean, I don't know if that was a voluntary thing or, you know, something else, but tell me, okay, tell me at least, least what'd you say, Sarah? Okay. Tell me at least the food was good at the restaurant where you had the the food was incredible. I, I don't really take pictures of food. I took a picture of my food because it was beautiful and the food was incredible. Um, She's passionate. Yeah. Well, it was an expensive restaurant. Like I said, I'm, as I said, I'm picking wisely here, guys. <laughs> this is true. I will say that her like dating stories probably are going to get better because she's dating different types of men that have actual money. So <laughs> this is going to get fun. <laughs> I mean, we like to live in a world where you don't have to choose, you know, money over being nice. Right. And, and, you know, so we keep going because they're out there. Right, exactly. So I'm telling you guys all of this because. Because <laughs> we have friends at the bank where it works. We're going to rat you out. Like, <laughs> yeah. just kidding. Just kidding. Because I'm like, you know, this is a tough one because you're just going, he'd be great if he would just stay medicated. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. Fact. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> so, Kate, I'm wondering if you've run into any people who either were over medicated, under medicated. <laughs> Completely off their meds. <laughs> well, among the among the things I'm not good at is identifying people's people's pharma take. That's nothing. That's not a skill of mine. What I do know a little bit about is, um, I mean, just so there's a context for the audience. Uh, when I was released from the hospital after a traumatic brain injury, um, I it was illegal for me to live at my live by myself, which is in New York City. So for the first time since I was 14, I was gonna live at my parents' house, which is in Ohio. So I I won't say swan dove, but I kind of belly flopped my way into dating. Uh, and at the time in the early summer of 2009, that's this is when the online dating thing was really beginning to pick up. You know, eHarmony had been in, been in play, OkCupid. Okay there was also, you know, the, um, uh, taste buds at FM came up and how about we and then one that was about books like you would say what books you like to read and you would connect with people over the books they like to read I mean whether a librarian created that one or that was just in bed with the publishing houses I don't know <laughs> yeah it could be because you know you reading heard, reading is reading ever, is fundamental did you ever so, hear about um, Xfinity dating or Comcast no. dating no you have to be like extra cute for that because no i think it was that was prior to 2009 i think that was prior to like 
um, the sophistication of an e-harmony because there was somebody in our uh, judgment-free zone on Facebook in our closed group who mentioned that he did Comcast dating, which is basically on your TV's profiles would scroll by. <laughs> I did not know that's what it was. Are you joking? No. <laughs> Oh so my when you, god. So when you sign up, so when you sign up, you're releasing the rights to your image. Like you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna end up on like with the new school cinemax. You know, I, Red, well, <laughs> Red I, Shoe I mean, Diaries point two. You're in control you know? of your profile. Like maybe you just have to check a box. I don't know. <laughs> all I know call it. All I picture now are those terrible dating videos that were on VHS recordings, you know, and them being played on like an old pay-per-view channel. Gosh. Just... Well, I'm relieved that not, none of us were old enough to have experienced that. We only know it as the quasi-entertainment that it was. <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> for, well, I'm 46 and a half. So, so on the advice of my brother, who was dating someone at the time, he said, look, you know, online dating, he's like, you're, you know, in a place you're not less familiar with, you know, very few of your friends are around you know, you don't have a lot of time commitments that are, you have to kind of honor, so why not? So after, you know, dates with, in fact, my first experience in the dating realm in the recovery period was a guy that, you know, canceled it before it could even happen. And I was like, well, this is encouraging. And, you know, that was good for my confidence. Anyway, not too long after, not too long after though, I met a guy who lived um, in a town south of where my parents were. And initially, Midwest, you know, right? I'd never been, pardon? You were in the Midwest? or I was you were in Cleveland. In I was in Cleveland yeah. or between right. Akron and Cleveland. So he was in Columbus, Ohio. And I've never been much of a believer in the whole, um, um, what is it when people, um, like you're always better to be with your opposite, someone that's really different than you. That's because- the, you know, the two the things. Opposite attraction. Thank you. Right. Thank you. See, I knew there was a saying for it. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. yeah, you're right. And I'd never been a believer of it in it. And I don't know why. Um, uh, my time with this person, though, confirmed for me in toto that opposites attract in my life is nonsense. Here's a person <laughs> who, I mean, the polite thing to say is he, is, he was socially awkward. What it actually was, we, he was uninterested in people. And he moved to Austin, Texas for a job he'd um, gotten. And so I went to visit him there and, you know, we were exclusive. And so we've been talking about, you know, we- Wait, 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 wait. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. But so the first person that mm. you decide to date post-traumatic brain injury right. on the mend- mm -hmm in your hometown you end up in a full-fledged relationship with yeah i mean in every way so audience i give you permission for every time you hear me share these things for you to shake your head okay i'm gonna hear it okay i'm gonna, oh, no. I'm, gonna hear the, I'm, I'm gonna hear the air moving around the world i'm gonna hear it and it's okay i own, I own all of this i own all of this i own all of this so because there are lessons in it for the world i promise so he gets the job in Austin, Texas. And I remember going to his house and, you know, helping him pack and move because I've experienced there. So I go to visit him 
and because we were exclusive and you know serious and all that and um i had made an appointment with um one of the departments at uh ut to you know talk to them about doing one of the um doctoral programs or one of the masters and you know i'm was i had um an appointment with someone to come and appraise my apartment because I need to leave, sell my apartment if I was going to leave. And so this is all happening. And, you know, friends from Dallas were in town. So we had dinner with them. And he, of course, you know, at the dinner, he just doesn't talk to them or me. And as we're driving back to his apartment, I said, you didn't really engage with my friends. And he said, well, I thought you wanted to talk about, you know, the stuff that you do because we used to work together. I'm like, hmm well, we have a phone for that. And I mean, it was, yeah. So well, during this, like, go ahead, Sarah. What kind of, what does he do? For, what did he do for a living? What kind of- I don't want to say, cause in case this crosses his path, like it could come yeah. back. And so he's smart he, and he works, he, in, was, he works in science. He works in science. That's general. He works in science. He's not so, a public service industry kind of guy. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure where he is now. And if it's somewhere that, you know, I don't think he's with SpaceX, you know, or whatever, but I don't know. He's smart. So upon our return to his apartment, it comes up in conversation that he, as I share about going, you know, the life in Texas, he shares that he, he has no intention of living there for too long because he wants to really be in Menlo Park. That's his dream. So happily, I had not made any real moves to come to Texas because, you know, he only intends to be there for five minutes. And I just don't even know how to take any of that. So with- where, with Wait, where's Menlo Park? Uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's uh, San Francisco-ish. Okay. So, so he went from Ohio- to Texas as a stepping was, stone. To I think I think he was originally from Milwaukee. I think. Um, <laughs> so anyway, his not being aware of this dream and intent to move to California, um, that that for me was grounds for really rethinking. So I returned home, and not long after this, I break up with him because I can't fathom, you know, a way to um, for this, you know. Our birthdays were near each other. And so to celebrate my birthday, not to hurt him, I broke up with him around my birthday, which was a long, I think a little bit after his, I think. Not to be mean, just because I wanted that for myself. So <laughs> on my birthday <laughs> arrives this massive box, which the doorman tells me I need to come down and pick up, it's fine, which I do. And at it's really house? heavy. I'm just kidding. Pardon, I'm sorry, what? The doorman at your parents' house? No, by this happily, happily, I had a, oh yeah, no, Sarah, thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> our relationship continued outside of my leaving Ohio where I was for five months and I returned to New York. So yes, thank you for clarifying that. Yes, I yeah. was back in New York at this point. No, that's important. Thank you. So <laughs> listen, my parents don't have a doorman. <laughs> they just have a house. So I go down to retrieve this box and it's big. And I thought, wow, I don't recall ordering anything like a chandelier size. So I bring it upstairs. And I look to see if there is, um, you know, who sent it. And there's no name. There's just um, zip codes and stuff. And so I don't recognize it. I open it. 
And in this box is everything I had ever given this guy with the exception of this amazing Hugo Boss button up that I bought during fashion week when I was at an event there. And so all the things I'd ever given him, we're talking about half empty shower gel bottles. Okay. All kinds of stuff for shaving from art of shaving that was, you know, nearly empty. And what was, and the icing on the cake between the books and all the presents and all the consumable things that I guess he just didn't want to keep or recycle was a photo of the two of us that I guess he had intended to give me at some point that had been framed. I mean, shards of broken glass, like the ones if you were drunk or you weren't paying attention, you pick, you think that he had not wrapped when he threw it in the box because opening this box, it, it is all broken glass, you know, and not like, oh, you're just going to reach through and grab something else. No, you're going to be, you know, cutting. I don't know what veins are on the arm, not the jugular, but something serious. Yeah. So I just sat down for a second, kind of processed what this was and thought, well, good, happy birthday to me for breaking up with this person. Because if this is the kind of anger and this is the way he chooses to communicate, yo, lesson. And so I, you know, um, got some uh, cloth and wrapped up all the glass and then bagged it four times, tied that up, and then hauled every single thing in that box downstairs. The stuff that was donatable, you know, I set aside, but I mean, who shows up at Salvation Army with, you know, a half full bottle of the Shea almond shower gel? I mean, who <laughs> gives that back? Like, what is this? <laughs> Ridiculousness. That's some like petty level. That's some next level petty bullshit. You spent I mean, more grownups. Spent more money sending that back to you than, than I spent from other than on the Hugo Boss shirt, yes, I'm sure that's true. That's well, the kind of crazy sort of, no. Well, but you said he was like in science and socially awkward. And so I think that he thought you would actually want it back. Yeah, I mean, the half empty things of soap were, and the, the things for men's shaving. Yeah. I mean, I, my last name is Harvey. So maybe there's like, there's a, there's a butch element to me for sure. Like I get that hundred percent. Um, what was, what was interesting was after that situation, you'd think that I would be somewhat once bitten twice shy or once almost cut by glass twice shy, but no, not really because the heartfelt demonstrative side of me who doesn't tend to hold back from saying things and listening to people's stories. Not that long after that situation, I met someone who, you know, didn't live where I live or was initially living in New York and then moved um, to think North Carolina. And what I, the only, I think there are only two things that are true that he ever told me. Like he said, when we first were talking to each other, he said that he'd also suffered a traumatic brain injury. He had a very detailed story of how it happened. And, um, and any number of things about his life, you know, med school and all this. And then he needed to leave New York because something came up with his family or something. 
Is this an ID channel story? Are you getting ready to tell us he's a murderer somewhere now? He might be, but um, I wouldn't know <laughs> because he's, I mean, I, I, I did used to see him on Twitter, but um, so he, anyway, I was- You meet him. Oh, okay, Cupid. And I'd met the previous one on eHarmony. So what was your what was your first date with him like? Were there not any red flags? Or was he just charismatic? I think the first date, well, because we talked so much on the phone and that um, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the commonality, but the, the vibe of what seemed to be real and shared had been established. I think the first date date, I think we had dinner or something, but I think the first date date was seeing the Roots perform at Brooklyn Bowl on New Year's Eve in 2010, which was, I mean, I love going to concerts and I would always go to shows there. So that was a fun thing to share. He he moved, I think, shortly, shortly thereafter. I've, I think to protect myself, I think I blocked a lot of this. Anyway, he, not long from this, he, he breaks up with me and says, what he needs to, you know, he, he was so much going on in his life with his family or whatever. He needs to, you know, we need, we need to separate. And all he asks while we're broken up, cause we, we will get back together is I don't get pregnant. Okay. So I need you to give me like more details about this human being now. So you guys met on eHarmony. No, no, no. We met on OkCupid. Okay Cupid. Sorry. Okay. Cupid. And then you guys, you had a your first date at a concert outside. No, no, we, we, cause he, we had seen each other in person, but our first like date date was at, was at the Brooklyn Bowl at the Roots concert. So wait, you and guys, before you actually had a, I'm so confused. What? <laughs> they had some phone calls. They uh-huh. probably had coffee or some sort of meet and greet. I think, yeah, I think we, I think we'd gotten together. But, and then like, you know, yeah. the first, our a big date was you go out New Year's Eve and we went to see the Roots. Okay. And then not long after a a real moment. And then not long after, you know, he asked to move South because there's problems with his family, like alcoholism and problems with people's landlords and various things. So he needs to go down there and help them. So, you know, months or weeks. I mean, I, I, whether he was ever in med school or not, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, whether he, I mean, okay. Right. So and so in the breakup, you know, all that he asks is that I don't get pregnant. So that I had permission to date other people, just not get pregnant. Like it was, that was, that was a step into insanity that I'd never experienced before. So was it a demand? I don't know. If I, I'm not sure I call it a demand. I mean, <laughs> you know, at the same time, it did not occur to me because I thought I was, I thought I really cared about him. And to have only learned, I mean, whether, again, I wish that his, wish that I remembered what his Twitter handle was because he shared on Twitter all kinds of things about um, drinking and, you know, uh, women and stuff. And I had, had I been wise enough to be aware of that, I might've known that I was in a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. Anyway. um, Self on Twitter. Pardon? He was being a psycho openly on Twitter. 
I'm not sure he was being a psycho. He was being really candid. I mean, people are really candid on Twitter. I mean, look at all the Republicans. I mean, they don't think <laughs> that they're, I mean, they don't think that they're debagging, but they are because, you know, yeah. So that, that didn't, that situation didn't go on very long, him and me. At the same time, I, I had not been that vulnerable um, with a guy in a long time. And, you know, I mean, it's an easy ploy. You know, you know of someone's, someone's really deep, true hurt. And if you want to break them down, you will find a way to match them there. And when it comes to trauma, you know, among the reasons I think they say in clinics, you know, you're not to date, you know, when you're in treatment because everyone is super, super raw. And, you know, don't they encourage people when people go through rehab, then they encourage them not to immediately start dating again. Like what's the standard bullet movie 28 days and, you know, buy a plant and then buy a pet. And then if neither of those die, then date. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's true, but it sounds good. It sounds valid. Yeah, I would agree. Sounds valid. I had a boyfriend. Actually, it was my most serious last relationship that I was in. This was, um, I don't know, five years ago now, who uh, ended up having to go to AA. And I kept trying to end the relationship and he kept wanting it to continue. And I was like, everyone is telling you to stop. Like everyone is saying, work through your own shit, buddy. And so because he didn't take that pause, he didn't take that beat, he like went off the deep end. And so there was no way of me. I don't mean that like in, I just mean he went a little cray cray. Um, And so like there was no way of potentially us working out later. You know, like they keep, they tell them like, well, if you're in a relationship or have something like that going like yeah like kind of like clean the slate for a little bit and if it's meant to be you know you can like approach it again later or whatever right um I mean I don't think that's the case obviously if you're married we are boyfriend and girlfriend but uh yeah I'm like <laughs> need to sober up see you in about three years <laughs> <laughs> I know I know and so I just you know when when some when people are going through it they're real resistant you know, they're like, oh, no, I can do I can do this and that. They can. I can be in, I can be in North Carolina and make sure that you don't get pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah, I Seriously, drone cameras. But I mean, both of those situations, I can I can't call them relationships. I mean, I guess they were by definition, though, not by what's human. What I, the, the takeaway I got from those is someone isn't always better than no one. That is the truth. And the best someone to have is one of the like furry kind that you obviously yeah. Yeah. One <laughs> of the, I mean, I'm grateful that some guys that I went out with a couple times, it was clear from jump that we were not romantically aligned. And so several, I mean, some of my closest friends that are men, we went out a few times and, you know, it was clear to both that, you know, yeah, not going to happen. One friend, one good friend now, we went out and the second time we got together, you know, we said, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. And he said, he still, you said he was still in love with his previous girlfriend. And so I, I knew she had moved. And so I asked, well, I have one question. Why are you here? Fast forward to, you know, at their wedding, 
it was one of their, one of the most wonderful things I'd ever experienced because having come to know him as well as I had and not having met her until the wedding, you know, it gave me such joy to see how happy he was truly. And, you know, I'm friends with them both. And, you know, they had a child um, about a year and a, four months ago. Um, and so that's, that's great. I mean, I, I'm the, uh, dating that doesn't go full stupid can be a terrific way, terrific way to become friends. And, you know, I, I have that to balance all the times I have asked myself, what was I thinking? Because I will not share the not safe for work stories on your program because I will not. But I could. Yeah. Um, but this one's just full funny. So here's, so a guy asked me out and, you know, I think we had messaged a couple of few times. And so he lets me pick the restaurant, which I picked a place that is no longer open, sadly, in New York, which was the best Indian restaurant in Manhattan. No question, I think. And so we're there and the entire meal, he talks about being a doctor all night. Patients and things with the ER and things with the departments and things that, you know, treatments and all this. I mean, he may have asked me a question here or there about me. But because I'm not a nurse or a PA or an, you know, um, an ambulance driver, I may, maybe he didn't want to ask me a question. So the check comes and he's, um, you know, he, he, which I, I offered to take it. He said, no, I got it. And so he, he has the, he has the check in front of the bill in front of him and he's like tapping on his phone and I'm talking and he puts his hand up and I'm like, mm, you did not put your hand up to silence me, but you did. And he's like, and he says, I'm just calculating the tip. Now let's pause for a second. <laughs> Someone that's that kind of smart in finger quotes, I'm going to say, needs to use the calculator on their phone to manage the tip. And I mean, I don't, I depend, regardless of where you live, I mean, restaurants where you are seated, you know, for me, it's 20% at the bottom, unless the service really sucks, the food is bad. Um, and then I'm gonna only go higher. So this was, he had made several requests to the waiter. I don't know why he did not speak of food allergies or resistances to ingredients or seasonings. At the same time, maybe he's one of those people that figures I can, so I will. So several, you know, adjustments made and he's clocking the thing and um, 15%. And I'm like, no, because this restaurant, when it had opened, I had been there when it opened. It was around the corner from my old office. And so I know that that I'd walk in and be like, oh, hi, Kate. But, you know, some of the people there knew me. And I have friends in restaurants and it's a business for small, small restaurants. Like I'm trying to support that, especially now this happened before the pandemic, but so he's all, you know, being on himself with his 15% tip on this, you know, meal that costs some people some time. So he gets up before me and is walking towards the door. I took out $10 of my wallet and put it on the check. I'm like, no, this is not okay. I mean, well, I'm, I'm still so, stuck on the fact that he couldn't use a calculator uh -huh. to calculate the tip. Move the decimal point over on the tax and double it. Uh-huh. Right. No, no, no. No, he couldn't do that and listen to you talk at the same time. I mean, look, I'm a brain injury survivor, so maybe I'm special because I can, you know, multiply 8.75, whatever, or add a zero <laughs> to 20, whatever. So we get to the door, we 
walking, bless you. I think someone sneezed and I, we begin walking <laughs> as if I'm walking home and here he thinks like, bless you. He thinks that he's, he thinks he's getting some. So he, you know, I'm, I'm walking, you know, and he's like lingering and, you know, does the lean in to kiss, which I, you know, didn't move my head away, but I certainly didn't like lean back in, like in hitch, you know, what does Will Smith say? 90%, 10%. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm standing pat. Okay. You can, you can come in for it. Cause, and he, he's trying to fix in where I live and he can come accompany me. And I lied and said, I live somewhere else. And I had to wait for the bus, which was not true. There was that. Well, wait, why couldn't you just be honest with him though? Wait, I want to know. Did you get on the? Oh, I walked home. <laughs> it's only it's only you know fourteen blocks from my apartment. <sighs> so to Nicole's question, why wasn't I just honest with him? So it's a good question. <laughs> and while honesty is is it honest is a better form of valor? No. So. I wasn't dishonest other than not revealing where I live because are you going to tell everyone that? No. Really? No, you're not. So there was that like self-protection component, not that I was worried but for my safety. If in two and a half some hours, this person had zero interest in me, what I might have to say, if my food was good, why did I choose this restaurant? How long have I lived in New York? So you do this at work, what's that like? Oh, so I'm not sure you knew about my injury or not. After all that, and then being a bad tipper, he thinks he, he thinks that it's gonna go somewhere that he can then feel extra special about the next day. Maybe, maybe not, because he's a doctor. Um, my answer that's no, that's not worth my time. That's not worth my energy, nor is it worth it for me to be extra polite and nice and then have to explain why no, I just think it's easier just to close yeah. it and yeah. white lie it, which is what I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. I, I am, I'm in no way justifying it. No. I am solely explaining my thought process there. Oh, I do this shit all the time. No, you don't. I do. Wait, you do not. I do. There's not in your head like, yeah, she does. Like guys will, say, guys will say something like, oh, you know, I had a great time and I'd like to see you again. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe you should answer it like that guy at the restaurant. Um, it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. Maybe you should try to reclaim that statement. We should put that on t-shirts. Uh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> Hashtag, ah, uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so no, I mean, I don't know. It's something about like, being in that moment, being face to face with them, they're technically still a stranger. So I don't know why I care about hurting their feelings. But Is a nice person? yeah, you wouldn't want it done to you because it, it's the better way to be. Yeah. Look, I'll say this. I didn't lose sleep over yeah. white lying it, which may and maybe and maybe the universe saw right to, you know, keep me humble uh, because I had a series of, you know, dates with guys that I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Not that it mattered because I'm sure they couldn't for me either. But when I look at my calendar, because I still keep like an old school calendar that's paper, like a, you know, a calendar book, 
for several of these, I have, I had written down not even where we went or what we did, but something is, I mean, it's super basic and simple as a frowny face or <laughs> where in my life, frowny face or- What do you have in your- What do I have in what? What are those in your hand there? So what the audience needs to know is that in advance of my first appearance on the Homeman's Chronicles, when <laughs> I thought that we were going to be talking about life after a traumatic experience and dating, I didn't have a lot to share without looking back at my calendars and seeing what had occurred in the... <laughs> I don't know, five, six years, bless you, after I was back in New York, where um, before I got to a place of um, better clarity and being a, a better girl. I mean, up. I apologize that you had to go down that dark path. No kidding. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it was more humorous than dark and not at the expense of these gentlemen at the... Oh, she's super frozen <laughs> that was funny. no one reads my calendar but me and um one of the things that i wrote on some of these dates was never again you know like date you know the seven o'clock name and then you know later that night when i got home never again and that's like, fine because very very rarely did someone you know um uh contact me afterwards um, I used to put do not answer on phone numbers in my nice. cell phone or there was a block contact nice. option. Nice. Good one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there was the guy that, you know, was writing a book about um, the way cavemen have sex and whether, <laughs> whether, yeah, no, I mean, he, whether I was in, he intended every woman he meets to kind of be part of the research for that. It never got there. Hold on. The guy that was really, really angry, like constantly. And he had a child. And I thought to myself, please, how are you displaying this? Um, I want to go back to the caveman sex book guy. For a second. Oh, well, well, offline, I'll tell you his name because I'm sure that, you know, he maybe, you know, maybe you want to talk to him because, you know, national oh. research. Well, I just am very curious about humans in general. And this one decided to dedicate his life to writing a, a book about cave people having well, sex. Well, I'm sure that's not as what it's like dedicated to. I think he, I'm, I know, I'm sure, I know he has a job job, but that was just, that was interesting. I mean, I, I thought maybe that might be a guy that I might become friends with, but no, that's You're, fine. This book out of passion? He wasn't even getting paid? Well, I mean, a book like that would probably be picked up by Harper and Rowe or Simon and Schuster, so he'd get paid well, I think we're not in touch. I mean, I don't know if if it's come to pass. I mean, it might have. Um, uh, I, I just don't understand, like the way that you described it was how how cavemen have sex. Not necessarily the evolution of sex since cavemen. <laughs> that would be. Oh no, because I don't think it was about that. I think it was really about like what we could learn from how cavemen had sex. I mean, nothing. I, again, we can learn nothing. Well, I don't know. I mean, the aggression, like the dominant male, I don't know. I, I didn't, wasn't that interesting to me. So I didn't pursue learning more about it. There's definitely like a, a, a intellectual theoretical conversation that can be spun from that. 
Absolutely. But I'm genuinely concerned that this man is just talking about the advantages of caveman sex. <laughs> well, with all respect, That's I am definitely. confident that I, I have consolidated what it was. I mean, you know, one of the unanswered uh, one of the unanswered questions that came up for me was if the first date is so good or the second one or the third one, or you really hang out together, why do they ghost? And without an answer, do you blame yourself? Do you feel relieved? Do you dig deep to try to figure out why? And within all of those, where I came to was ultimately you trust that better is present, better in you, better in, the, in someone else. At least that's what I told myself. Mm-hmm. Because I was hanging out with a guy that I really cared about. Our birthdays were one day apart and we, when, Maybe uh, you're not then even we went, dating your same sign. <laughs> Wasn't that? No, the guy, the guy that sent the box with all the crazy stuff in it, we were, he, we, we were, we were not in the same sign. Oh. Um, yeah. And because, and because I'm on the cusp and because I'm on the cusp, it's possible that they're not also, you know, anyway. So <laughs> we got, we got, it was really fun and we did a lot together and learned a lot about each other. And then he ghosted. And for the first time, uh, social media, uh, you know, which I find just a challenge in life and not entirely a good thing. I forget what was happening, but I was on Facebook and he came up as someone you might know, which, and turns out he was dating someone else at the time. And that's good. I mean, uh, in the last few months, guys that I went out with either for a while or briefly, all of whom are married, some of whom, you know, are, have, are married and have children. And when I was hanging out with them, that was so not in the cards. And what's interesting is, you know, the ones that will follow you on social or, you know, it's really, really interesting. And I mean, to see somebody on out with, however much later on social media, they're married, they have kids and all that, I'm happy for them. And where I came to figure out kind of, instead of asking the question, what about me? Why wasn't it me? I think it has to do with timing. You know, maybe you're not in the same place in life when you go out, like you're at a restaurant and you're having a salad and they're ordering coffee. You know, that's a, maybe a, not a great, you know, uh, analogy, but whether it's timing, desire, personality, or straight up what feels good or possible, you know, you could hang with someone and, you know, they're, they're at the walk light and you're, you know, across the street and on a bike. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got, I got to attach something to ordering it. the same things off the menu. You're not walking the same way. You're on well, different transportation. Off- Oh. But obviously, but obviously there's something in common because you are, you, whatever, like you went to a movie, you had a cocktail, you did whatever grown up activities. And in terms of it, it, it advancing or getting to something that's serious or, you know, long-term or permanent, you know, um, exclusive, um, it's just not going to happen. And then there's the people that you kind of, you have your, your best date forward, you know, super duper, better than Zagat's, better than Fodor's, better than all the good travel blogs, you know, for where you go. 
and <laughs> and they ghost. And then they, they find you on social and they're dating someone else. What's, I mean, I'm not mad that I would never, cons- I would never consider myself having wasted, you know, my ability to find the ideal place for a burger or hearing this amazing musician at a smaller venue or taking this walk that's really beautiful and interesting and not overloaded with people. Yeah, I don't, I, I agree with you in that you basically have to have faith that the universe has something better for you in store and that, you know, timing is off or, um, you know, you're just not right for each other at that moment. Right. But, um, I don't, I mean, I also feel like if you ghost after a certain amount of time, it's kind of okay. But if you ghost after a longer time, or to your point, if you think there's this like super, um, I don't know, magnetic connection, I mean, the whole ghosting thing, I I, I would prefer to know. I'd prefer you just be honest instead of following me on social later or me ending up finding out that you're dating somebody else. I don't know. Like it is. Or that you're closeted and your parents aren't comfortable with it. So you front that you are going out with women because, you know, yeah. I mean, there there's value in, I mean, to your point, Nicole, expectations. Right. We have to manage them, right? We manage them in ours for ourselves. We go shopping, you know, the claim that this dress is so hot and it's going to look perfect and it's a hux. And so, you know, and then along with expectations, there are assumptions, you know, they're only going to shift or dissolve if the person who has them wants them to. So if a guy thinks that you're this, that, and the other, and then they meet you, and they see that you are this, that, and the other, just not this, that, and the other exactly like they imagined. Either they're going to go with it because you're a person, not a robot, or they're not. And everyone's got the right to change their mind. I get that 100%. And to what you said, Nicole, it would be so much kinder and better if someone might say, you know what, this was really fun. And as I've gotten to know you, you are a lot. Or you always want to watch this movie, or I'm confused why you have 1700 lip glosses in your makeup kit and you only have one mouth or whatever, <laughs> for, as a, for instance. Yeah, as an, you know, as an, yeah, as a, for instance, um, you know, for every, for everything, like for every hurt where you let someone in and they let you in and you went through stuff together, there will be the time that you're asked out to go to a restaurant that's mad famous and you go there and you learn that the, the all the re, all the reviews of this restaurant must have been bought because it's gross. But now you know and you didn't <laughs> learn on your own dime. So that's awesome. That, that's, a, that's a good. And then a PSA for the audience, when your date you know, asks you to choose where you go, choose the best places the concert venues, the restaurants, the bars, the parks, choose the ones that you've wanted to go to, the bucket list places, yep. the spots that are never convenient for you or you, you know, they, whatever, you, whatever you've got. Because the date may suck and the food and beverage, the environment will be solid. Right. Okay? And that's just- I'm with you. Anytime, you learned that, Nicole, right? Didn't you learn that? Yeah, anytime <laughs> a guy uh, 
gives me multiple options. Let's say he gives me three restaurant options. I've been to two out of the three. I'm going to the one I haven't been to because at least I get something out of this. Facts. I mean, they'll be the guy that asks you out and you're like engaging in dialoguing and, you know, chatting and stuff for a long time. And then you get together in person and you learn, you knew they had a child, but you learn that they're married and that they need to, I mean, you always were aware of the, of the child's mother. You also, she was never discussed though, in a way that acknowledged that she was, you know, like, on paper, literally. Yeah. I mean, that was an interesting thing to have learned. I was so relieved to, to for that to have come up. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to inquire kind of, so do you think that this is going to continue? Like now that I know you're married, I'm going to be that person. Cause I'm not. Well, Happily. I mean, the assumption is that if you're on a date with someone that they are available. <laughs> well, after, after um, being uh, in contact with someone for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, and then you get together in person because, you know, they just live in different parts of the of the city. I mean, I'm just grateful that I learned it because I'm not trying to get called into court to testify, you know, in someone else's divorce hearings because no. I mean, there were a couple guys I went out with who one I ended and then the other one ended it with me. And I think that if it comes to what is the purpose that I played in this person's life? You know, what, what was the, what was the takeaway? Well, for definitely a couple of these guys, they went out with me, I think, to help them kind of cross the last hurdle after getting divorced. Because when I encountered each of them after we weren't to get, we weren't going out anymore. All they talked about was their current girlfriend. And one of them talked about what they did in bed. I'm like, I know you didn't happily pick up the check for dinner. So I could brush it off. It just was interesting to me, you know, that, that, I mean, what, what social media provides people and or what they seek in terms of validation it is kind of tragic for someone you once went out with to, you know, see them in person and then brag about how great your life is now. I mean, yeah. if the assumption was that my life was equally great, then thanks. Sure. Not that I share with you because you don't really care because you care about <laughs> talking about your own stuff. That's cool. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a pretty uh, solid rule about trying to weed out men who are possibly not emotionally unavailable. So even though they're divorced, they have Wait, divorced stop. for a year. Possibly, possibly not emotionally unavailable. Can you, right. can you clarify what that means? I want to get, I want to make sure I understood that right. Possibly not emotionally available. Oh, so, okay. Okay. No on. Um, okay. I was going to say, because you, you just, you just, you just, you just, heard you, on. Just, you just nagged. Probably did. Guy. That could be crazy. It's, you know, we're recording after work. So you probably did. <laughs> um, it's been, you know, I've already worked and talked all day. So now it's just words at this Sorry. Point. I know. I'm, I'm um, grateful for the time. I'm Don't pretty worry. strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it's so okay. anyway, but I have some like, I have some rules to make sure that men are emotionally available. That's the clearest way to probably say it. And that one of the rules is, um, 
how like how long have they been single um and generally if they're going through a a divorce or something like that then i'm like well how long have you and her not lived together right if you're not going to use like an official divorce some like some point sure. you have to say when does that time start and has it been a year since then so and when is the when is the time to ask these questions i ask before i go out with them okay because i don't even want to go out with somebody if I don't think that they are emotionally available. So I ask, I try to figure this stuff out beforehand. I'm like, um, you know, what are you looking for? How long have you been single? Uh, have you been married before? You know, business shit. Yeah. The e-harmony, the e-harmony questions. Kind of. Ish. Oh. I try to is be any, more. Is, any, is anyone, are, is anyone resistant to answering these or do they kind of no. act off or? No. That's no, good. people just answer them. But That's I good. also try to be very crafty. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Let's so, hear it, Nicole. Yeah, let me, so there's a Wicca component to this, like you white <laughs> magic these questions. I want to now, now share, please. <laughs> well, um, so if a guy has a kid and they've stated clearly that they have children or you see that they have kids or whatever in their profile, um, I asked them about like their visitation, like what's your, what's your, your custody situation to know if you have enough time to date. And then, um, the, like going from there. So I kind of go backwards into it sometimes instead of just coming right out and being like, are you divorced? You know, what's your status or whatever? I will, I will <laughs> kind of reverse engineer it. Because they don't get as weird when you're asking them about their kids and stuff. Like, they think that you're going to because they put it out there. But it's also a valid way to ask about somebody's life. Right. right. Genuinely, that is going to be an impactful situation. Right. If they're not around enough or whatever you know what i mean yeah. like so instead of, i mean i'm saying it very directly to you guys but let's say but, you, um, but you're saying but you but you you cushion it though oh yeah yeah so people don't feel like they're in, they're with an attorney who's right. like getting over them over custody and stuff okay yeah right I figured, right, we figured, right. We figured, i'm sure yeah so i'm like oh um uh if they say mm -hmm. something about like oh i I did something with my kid or it was my kid's birthday or whatever. And I was like, oh, really? Like, that's awesome. That's great to hear. How frequently do you get to spend time with them? <laughs> <laughs> and what? Did they, did they, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm 46 and a half. No. Did they, do they flip, do they flip the questions and ask you, you know, um, not that there are equal ones because you have not been married and you don't have children. Right. And, you know, do they ask you questions like, well, aren't you this big shot at work? And do you ever have time to do things that are fun besides, you know, no. taking your team out for, okay. No, they'll um, ask me like, so how long have you been single? Um, or when was your last relationship? Like they will come right out and say that. Or like on my profile, I... I clearly state like never been married, no kids. And so they'll oftentimes ask me again anyway, 
What's the catch? Like, like they'll know. Like they'll be like, um, it says like you've never been married. You don't have kids. Like really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is this, like, yeah. This gracious way of saying. So what's really wrong with you? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I would say that's and, the next question. Is and in my life, when you know, and on the darker side of forty, um, you know, yeah. I mean, that's gonna come up. At the same time, you know, the time that I was. My first serious boyfriend is the one to whom I lost my virginity. And, you know, we were engaged and we, I broke up with him once and then again, and the second time was permanent. And while that was, I was, I guess, maybe the first of my then close friends to, you know, be engaged, I would have been the first one divorced. And, you know, that's a relationship where there's no opportunity for a friendship. And that's another story for another time, maybe. Um, but I admire you, Nicole, for saying from jump in, in the most genuine way without, you know, in any way being demanding, expectations are appropriate and I have them and let me place them with you now because right. you probably have them too. And the better, the, it's the better for both of us to express them in a kind, graceful way at the top. Right. Yeah. And there was a guy that I went out with, um, not too long ago and I enjoyed like our first dinner so then we went like on a second date and um there was a time lapse um like a week or so in between and then he also uh would take like sometimes like a long time to text me or whatever and then every time we were at dinner he would talk about how busy he was and how much was going on at work and blah 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 and I looked at him and I said everything that you're talking about in regards to what you're doing for work is amazing. And I can tell you're very passionate about it and that you care about it a lot. Um, but from my perspective, it gives me pause because it makes me really consider if you have space for me in your life right now. And he was like jaw on the floor. <laughs> really? Yes. Not, not out of surprise, not out of anger. Right. More of, Oh, you're giving me like clear, real time feedback thoughts. <laughs> oh shit! Human <laughs> interaction. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna say this to my face and not just ghost me." I think is what was actually going through his head. <laughs> How dare you? How dare if you? Be if only everyone yeah. would decide that not only am I worthy, this person's worthy too. Right. And so let me from jump make clear not only this is what i want this is who i am right and he actually was like he was like i really appreciate you this is very refreshing he did <laughs> not use the word refreshing he sure did <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys aren't dating anymore no no. <laughs> no no so no one should listen to my advice no i'm just kidding <laughs> No, here's the thing. I mean, you know, in terms of like a brain health where this is concerned, I mean, Nicole, you have it in spades and Sarah, you do too. I mean, the, 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 the name of your show is so ironic in its humor because there's nothing hoey about either of you. And the Chronicles are, and yeah, the Chronicles of the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. Like Chronicles are good. You know, there's depth <laughs> and complexity and lots of characters as you know we learn in yeah you yeah 
That's right. I said it. <laughs> rep in Michigan, rep in Detroit. <sighs> I mean, but. you know, the the I know for me, I still wake I wake up every day since I was hurt, grateful that I'm awake and I'm up and I'm doing stuff and I'm in the world. And even the craziest, like maybe this guy is on the Satan family track. I still got to do it. I still got to be there and hear them and have this moment to witness, you know, wow, it really is true. Someone is not always better than no one, mm-hmm. especially when there are, you know, 1800 different things to watch, whether you're streaming or your television. <laughs> and there's always going to be somebody else. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, who we are at whatever times, what do we need to do to become more conscious and aware and happy and real? And just for all the guys that were kind of working through their not feeling good about themselves after being divorced, you know, I'm the, if I'm their public service announcement or whatever, then fine, you know, it's cool, you know. (laughs) Nah, well, you're, you're better more than that. Well, because I have the benefit of being friends with guys that I went out with and we, you know, when there it was not going to be a romantic relationship, didn't mean there was not going to be a relationship. And so well, for these guys with who these guys were my friends, you know, I don't want to, I don't want a life where they're not in it. And especially last year where everyone in the world, in the world was tested and still is is with how how they are with other people, you know, in friends, in romantic relationships, with family, with colleagues, you know, someone, I mean, I'm working on, I do, I'm working on a series of videos, which I'm calling the truth about trauma. And I've done, put out two of them, I'm working on the third. And the third one is gonna be about when you're friends with people and they decide they don't wanna be your friend, how does that play? How does that work? How does, how do you, what do you get from that without just feeling like you're at fault? I feel like this is a great segue into Atta Girl because that's mm-hmm. a really yeah, was, awesome thing. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, maybe we will just say that, um, you know, towards the end of the show, Atta Girl is the section where we give ourselves the pat on the back for doing something good or something good happening to us. And Kate, you're talking all about gratitude And continuing to work through your trauma and teaching other people as well so that you don't just, you know, um, talk negatively to yourself all day, every day about shitty things that happen. So you're also looking at it as rejection. You're looking at it as positive experience. And I think that's actually really cool and beneficial because it's good for your mental health to continue to be the positive person. I mean... There has to, as much as there can be humor from it, and there is, and as much as there's going to be hurt from it, there's a lesson or lessons. And if we were to do a round two on this, yeah, there are other stories that are just, yo, you can't make it up. And look, they happen. But because we are worth, you know, we are worth like a car that runs properly and a job where they appreciate us as a, pe- as a person as much as what we do at the company. And we are worth, you know, a hairstylist that listens when we say we want this kind of cut and not that kind of cut. 
and all the other ways we're worth spending time with someone romantically who really cares about us and is really there. And it's going to happen if it hasn't already. Right. It'll keep happening. Yeah. I mean, I love your um, constant, I guess, baton that you hold about self-worth because it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with and can make excuses for or um, feel like they're being selfish because they're thinking of themselves, but that's not the same thing. So um, thank you for carrying that torch or baton or whatever I called it. Maybe it's both. (laughs) Maybe it's a fire baton. Right. Uh (laughs) Or not. We didn't have the Olympics. We don't have the Olympics last year. So maybe we should be a torch in honor of the Olympics. So Sarah, do you have an Atta girl? I do. I do. I do. I took my babies to the doctor today and got them checked up and, you know, all of their, you know, updated health stuff. And, um, the lady on the phone, the doctor, the veterinarian was so kind to me. And, but unfortunately, none of, neither one of them were interested in getting their blood drawn. (laughs) And so we had to reschedule. So I have now, I get to take my cats to the vet once a week for three weeks because next week is their next appointment. The week after that, they're getting their little teethers cleaned and they might get a couple of them popped out. Not too excited about it. So I'm proud of myself because I would normally avoid these types of things. (laughs) You would? Really? If it didn't, yeah, if it was like maybe an outcome I didn't like, I wouldn't probably wouldn't do it, but they're my cats and their health is just as important as my mental health. So <laughs> oh, your attic girl is a big surprise to me. You don't strike me as someone who, you know, does anything like not entirely full force. Oh, I mean, there that's the thing. I've had, you know, animals my whole life and we've always taken care of them, but I never owned cats, but when I was little or younger, everybody who ever had cats never took them to the vet. And the only time I ever really took them to the vet before was, you know, when I first got them. And then they have been okay thus far. And then, you know, now it's time for them to get there. Like, they're going to be eight. They're getting old. So I'm like, sad. <laughs> but I want to keep them for a long time. So I'm making sure they're healthy so I can. <laughs> they're so spry, though. Like they're, they're, they're so not the kind of cats that you lick their paws and look, have their eyes around like, oh, I see you, bitch. I see you. No, no, no. They're, your cats are kind. Your cats are, you know, sort of, I don't know, like. Moving and grooving. Nat, 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 yeah, Nat Geo Alpine hiking. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And well, and then also because I recently, as of COVID and working from home, they've been out, you know, allowed to go hang out outside on their leashes. Yes, I put my cat on a leash and I hang I let them hang out outside because I don't want them to get run over by a car. My people They're my cats, neighbor. not children. It's okay. Yeah. But like, um, so I got them all of their like outdoor health stuff. I wouldn't have normally gotten them too. So, you know, we're just whole new world then over here. <laughs> thanks That's a good for, girl. I like that. Yeah, That's thanks awesome. for leveling up your cats' lives because I, I'm leveling up. Cats gotta level up too. It's just the natural order of things. I, I mean, I, I would hate to see the day that something happens to your, one of your cats because, oh my God. So please take me it's out. It, 
It'll be an end all thing for me. <laughs> It'll be a sad day. When it so- happens, when it happens, way down the line, we'll be able to travel again and y'all can be in New York and we'll make yes. it better with that. Yes. Yeah. So my add a girl is, um, is going to try to circle back and kind of actually put all the things that we talked about into a nice little bubble. So as I'm reentering the dating scene, and I'm, I'm choosing who I'm putting in my COVID bubble and uh, evaluating my self-worth and my expectations and finding crafty ways to talk about them. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I'm also doing, which is very, very hard for me, is um, not ever starting a conversation with a guy like in any capacity, basically. So on Bumble, I mean, you kind of have to because the the woman has to. But if if there's any continuance of the conversation, like, let's say the next day or even a week later or whatever, I'm not leading it. If I'm texting with some guy or something, I never reach out first. If I am um, actively dating somebody, I'm not doing any kind of uh, checking to make sure that we're still, that the date's still happening or where we're going. I'm not, I am taking total backseat and letting them 100% lead. Wow. It could drive my anxiety insane because that's not how I am. Are you taking your pills? (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's my CBD dropper right next to us. Oh Lord. I will get anxious and I am like a control freak about it. So I basically have to keep having this self-talk with myself about if they're interested, they will show me. Yep. You don't have to take care of them. Right. Well, and it was never I never thought of it as taking care of them. I just am a planner. Well, that's what I mean by taking care of. It's, you know, you're making sure your ducks are in a row. So I'm very proud of you because that's a very difficult thing for you to accomplish. I'm sure it is. So if you build it, they will come <laughs> in a you know field of dreams in a modern dating during COVID. You know, let's pair classic masculinity and modern femininity. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and I'm evaluating based on actions instead of words. Oh, good thing. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, I'm not sure I can follow that. You already, you gave us a great ad girl about your video. Oh, fabulous. I was going to say, because, yo, I'm not sure what the only other things I can think of aren't ad girl yet because I'm trying to figure out how to do them. So, Offline, I'll ask I'll ask opinions because y'all make Dear Abby and Ann Landers look like the probably paid to be nice people that they were. Rest in peace. <laughs> That's just the truth. Oh no, it's fact. fact. So thank you, Kate, for being on the show. Thank Again. you, Nicole and Sarah, for letting me come back a second time. Yeah. Okay, we're. Yeah, no, I mean, I should say thank you for being our friend and understanding that we are not the best at uh, 
our role in the friendship, but. <laughs> now, let's be clear. You said that, not me. I'm a demonstrative bitch. Like, that's my, that's my challenge, okay? I am all about when people's birthdays are and where their kids, you know, had their birthday party, you know, not Chuck E. Cheese, but at the Bouncy Castle place. No, no, that's me. Yeah. You guys are awesome. And, oh, well, oh no, you. I mean, if I had my car here, I would all be been in Michigan and we'd be not <laughs> Wolverines oh. games and oh. warning the loss of Zimmerman, Zingerman's and all that because I think it's closing. Maybe not though. I don't know. But um, thanks for sticking with us and coming back and okay. sharing some personal stories and letting people know everything that you've had to overcome and the additional challenges of that that is mixed in with dating. And everyone can hear more about it if they get your book. So good. tell them where to go to get it. Thanks. So my book is available in all the ways you can enjoy a book, whether you read it on paper, you read it in, on a digital thing, or you listen to it. And the easiest way to see that, and probably the most least expensive way to do that, is to go on my website, which is kateharvey.com, K-A-T-E-H-A-R-V as in Victor, I-E, slash book, and slash media, if you want to see and hear the stuff that I talk about with people that are awesome, like Sarah and Nicole. The book is also available on every every Amazon, everywhere all over the world, in all the languages, and Audible, and Apple, and independent stores. Right. And it's called uh, Believe It and Behave It. Correct. So thank you again. And thank everyone you. can um, find us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. And if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Um, you know, go follow us on all the socials. We have a closed group on Facebook called the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone where we share extra naughty bits. <laughs> Dead bits. <laughs> Not safe for work stuff. Correct. Homance <laughs> <Homance> out. <laughs> <laughs>